What's up, everybody? This is your host, Kent Heater, coming at you with my very first podcast interview. I'm excited for this episode. I interviewed a guy named James Stoker. He's a small-town business entrepreneur striking it big out here in Southeast Idaho. He's got a bunch of cool ideas, and man, he really just gets after it. I spent some time with him. My impressions of him are just tenacious, excited. All I can really say is he just gets after it. About a half hour in, we dive into what it means to be a, a good husband, father, entrepreneur, and, and balance all these things together. And at the end, it ties up in a nice little bow. If you like this, hit the like and or subscribe button. And find me on Instagram at kent.heater. That's K-E-N-T dot Comments, questions, conversation. And uh, maybe if you want to be on the show. Thanks a bunch for your support, guys, and make a great day. All right. So, where are you from originally? Born in uh, Louisville, Louisville, Idaho, which is uh, right next door to where we live now. But yeah, I grew up um, on a family farm, and now we built a, a home on the family farm. What did you guys find? Um, alfalfa and wheat, basically are the two, mm-hmm. two products. My still runs a farm. My brother's kind of taking it over, but yeah. Of course, being the youngest of three boys, you know, the two brothers got the first pick on what tractor to drive. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? But the good stuff, yeah. where I kind of got whatever leftover. Yeah. Which a lot of times is moving pipe. <laughs> you know, or. Uh, Shoveling cow manure, you know, stuff like that. Feeding the cows, you know, yeah. doing doing kind of the stuff you don't really get the excited about. Yeah, little brother work. Yeah, <laughs> little brother work. But you know, Scott Scott was the farmer. He's the middle boy. He's the one that love absolutely loved farming growing up as a kid. But maybe that's because he got the first pick of what to do too. <laughs> so, so it was easier for him yeah. to to grow. Uh, to, to have that love for farming where me, I kind of naturally was like resistant to it because of yeah. you know, what I was dealt. Yeah, he got the gold package, you got the bronze. Right, and yeah. I it's a good way to look at it. Different experience yeah. there. Yeah. So do you, you don't, obviously you don't farm anymore. At the beginning, I'm kind of excited for the listeners to know what you actually do. You know, when you t- uh, asked me the other day about it, you, you said you're looking for some somebody that does something unconventional. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm probably your guy that you're looking for because <laughs> nothing that I do is conventional. Right. Um, you know, I used to work um, into my days of college. I got tied up doing summer sales, mm-hmm. doing the you know four month program. You go right. out and you knock doors, and yeah. I got into doing security sales, and that was unconventional. Yeah. You know. What year was it? Summer of 2004 was my first summer. Doing summer sales. And that was the early days of summer sales. That's why I asked, just because that was unconventional then. It was like, you're going to what? I mean, yeah. they sold magazines. My dad sold magazines door to door and encyclopedias and stuff like that. So it's always been around, but the, the home security systems, that was a whole bit. Did you do it for Vivint or ABT or something? Yeah, it was, I started. That's really where my unconventional lifestyle started. Yeah. <laughs> I can make all my money at four months. Right. Yeah. So you have that mindset. And, and I mean, not only is that job unconventional, but I think right frame of mind, right. but the key is hard work. <clears throat> what it comes down to is, is hard work. I mean, 
regardless of where your mind is, if you're not going to work hard, it doesn't matter how what your skill set is. Yeah, you're not going to make it happen. You can be the sharpest tool in the shed, but if you don't use that tool, you're still sitting in the right. shed, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're still in the shed. You're not doing anything. Yeah, done. absolutely. You're not productive. So, yeah. so that's the key, really. And then, and uh, it took a while for me to really figure out the sales cycle with security because it's not it's not an easy sell. It's actually pretty complex. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like pest control where it's like you knock on the door, hey, do you need pest control? You got bugs, sweet, you want to kill it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to go through a whole prop presentation. You have to really use these techniques to get in the house, right? Convince the customer that, you know, really you're, you're kind of putting fear into them. Yeah. At the same time, you're building a relationship with that person. Right. So it's <laughs> kind of, you know, it's kind of a weird little duo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. But I think that, that was the start of it to kind of answer your question. What do I do now? Um, you know, I, I, after doing summer sales, I did that for like 10 years, 11 years. Well, oh, wow. So you're a, you're a <clears throat> lifer. Yeah. So you're one of the guys with the team underneath the team. Well, the team above the team. Well, no, I, you know, they, they, I, they tried to get me to do that to recruit and manage and all that, but I just, I just wasn't having it. I was happy with making a set number. Yeah. And I could do that in three and a half months. Yeah. And I was good. Yeah. I didn't want to work at SCU. Right. Yeah. So I didn't do that. I just, you know, I, I, I went out with the same guys, my friends, Brad Holm and Vic Martinez, and I worked for them, made them money. But, right. Um, and I'd help recruit and stuff. But, no, I was really just kind of all about me, you know. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I did that for 10, 11 years. <clears throat> and then I got married, and, and she has uh, two kids from a previous marriage. Yeah. And, you know, by law, they're bound to stay in Idaho. So I really couldn't, I didn't have a choice at that point to right. go do summer sales anymore because I wasn't going to leave my family for, you know, four months at a time. Just, right. Yeah. I just didn't feel good about that. Mm -hmm. So I got a couple jobs. I worked for Dome Technology as a salesman. I was there for like three or four years. And then I got, um, then I worked for Eagle Eye, got hired on there and was there for a few years. But then I just finally, I, and, all, and all this time while I was doing these jobs at Dome Technology or Eagle Eye, I just was like, there's something else for me. You know, I just knew it. I knew there was, <clears throat> I knew there was something for me to figure out. I didn't know what it was, but I was, I knew I didn't want to work for somebody. I didn't want to work for the man, so to speak. Yeah. So you, feel like, so you felt like it was an unfulfillment, like you weren't reaching your potential or it was just like, I don't, I've reached my potential and I'm killing it, but I want to do something else, which... Was it a little bit of both or was it like, it, you know, I, I don't know if I really reached my potential. No, I, I did with summer sales. I felt like I reached my potential with dome technology and with Eagle Eye produce. It was just a different type of sales environment. Mm -hmm. that it wasn't like you could really hit that ceiling the way that it was structured. Really? It was just, a, yeah. Cause it was a totally different dynamic and, right. and you know, not to get far in the weeds on that. I think that's kind of maybe boring, but, um, but me, uh, I just, I think I just, I just knew that I didn't want to work for somebody else. Right. I knew there was freedom somewhere else. Right. More, 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 something more enjoyable. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. And, and so I, you know, this property that, that I grew up on, um, we built our home here. And after I built my home, um, well, even before I built my home, uh, there's an island out here, right, right in my backyard, basically. It's got the river that wraps around it. And, you know, as kids, we used to play there as kids and do a lot of stuff as kids. 
scouting and camping and my brother built a dirt bike track on the island and so we did a lot of stuff as kids there how um, big is the island to help listeners understand kind of like if you had a like a walmart sized parking lot or like a it's <clears throat> yeah it's about five acres the island itself is about five acres right so if, if that gives your audience kind of an idea yeah um it's got a bunch of trees and it's 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 yeah it's 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 got brush willows trees i mean it's as thick as thieves down on that island yeah and and uh <clears throat> anyways i you know i had actually built a trail um through the island with my dad's loader to get access and the kids called it the jungle we'd go drive through it and stuff and the kids called it the jungle and it's just interesting as i look back slowly everything that i was doing on the island was in preparation for what i was building yeah and i didn't know it yeah but that's where i give credit to you know anything that i've accomplished in life or anything that we have i give credit to where credit's due and that's god yeah you know the inspiration the motivation anything that i've achieved if it wasn't for him i'd have nothing yeah you know and i can look back and see man just even that one trail that i built with the loader fits for the attraction that we have yeah so i guess long story short what do i do for yeah. Careers. Yeah. Yeah. After, after 20 minutes, no, right? Good. <laughs> um, Lay on. I, I do a, I, I own and operate a Halloween attraction. It's called yeah. the Haunted River. And, and then I own and operate a Christmas attraction called the Christmas River. Um, the Halloween, I'm pretty much swamped from about the middle of July till Halloween. And then I immediately shift gears. And I take all the Halloween props down and I put up Christmas prop, Christmas lights. Yeah. And then we put on a big Christmas show. And so I'm in, I'm in the Christmas mentality from Halloween, the day after Halloween, November 1st, all the way through Christmas. Yeah. So I, and I love them both. I mean, they're a blast. Um, <clears throat> you know, I never thought I'd find so much joy in, in my job, but I, I, I mean, I geek out on that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. for Halloween, I mean, I'm full on. I get dressed up. I put on costume. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. witnessed it. Yeah, you're running around. You're like ah, scaring the crap out of little yeah. kids one minute, and then running up and dealing with the management issue up front. Yeah. And you're all over the place. Yeah, and it's fun. I love, you love it. it. I, mean, I love it. You know, it's every night, right? So basically, from when do you open for for uh, the Haunted River? Where's that open? Yeah, so we open. Um, we're only open I think 15 days this year. We start. Third weekend in September, and um, it's Friday, Saturday uh -huh. is all we open for. We don't do weeknights just because right. you know where we live doesn't really serve. That There's not much, enough population yeah. to mm -hmm. stay open and you know make it happen. Yeah, make it work. <clears throat> so we, we go Friday, Saturday, um, third weekend in September, all the way through Halloween, mm -hmm. and then of course Halloween this year falls on a Monday, so we will be open for Halloween, which is a Monday. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. <clears throat> You know, I'm, I, I have to prep for it, put all the props up, put all the lights up, get the bridges in place. You know, there's, we've got three main bridges that go across the river that, you know, I've built stationary uh, bridges on the ends of them. And in the middle, they're floating sections. So it's kind of yeah. a hybrid bridge. Yeah. Um, but I've got to put those bridges in and out because during the summer, us and the neighbors like the kayak and float and there's fishermen and everything. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, so I'm swamped just getting ready for Halloween. And then, and then the fun begins. You know, the real fun begins. Yeah. 
Um, and that's that's the haunting side of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I love keeping a pulse on everything that's going on out there. You yeah. Know? I'm constantly walking through the haunt, yeah. evaluating my haunters, seeing how they do, helping them improve, helping yeah. them learn how to be a better haunter. You know, yeah. not that not that it's it's a real, not that there's a ton of skill to it, but there is skill to haunting. Yeah. There's know? a difference between creepy and mm-hmm. and haunt and like and scary. Yeah. Right. Creepy is yeah. like okay. Yeah. That's that's when the guys are like just get out of my face. Like <laughs> not cool. Man. But then the haunting's like, holy crap, I'm gonna die. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna run through this part right here. Yeah, and, and it's and it's it's emotions, playing with people's emotions, yeah. whether you whether you make them scream, um, yeah. cry or, or wet their pants. Yeah. The, the goal of our haunters is to do one of those three or laugh, yeah. you know. Even yeah. laughing is part of it too. Right. So and in each one, there's there is a skill set to try and get your customers to do any one of those, you know. Yeah. Well, it's what we pay for, right? We didn't show up to just not get scared or not get right. walked through or, right. or be underwhelmed, right? So you have that pressure on yourself of like, I've got to sell these guys fear in a situation where they know nothing's going to happen. But at the same time, I still want their heart rate in gym. So it's, that puts you in a tricky position because yeah. it's like, because I've gone through with my kids mm-hmm. and it's like, this probably wasn't the greatest idea. But at the same time, I think your haunters have been good enough to know like, okay, Let's not go crazy because I think I'd have a different experience if I just walked through by myself. Yeah. And just yeah. try to do it alone. I probably have a way different experience than yeah. that. But that's pretty cool that that's that goes. So when you Halloween hits, Halloween's over, and then you're pulling. And then when the snow comes, the beauty of it, as long as there's snow across our fingers, but right. the snow when it falls, it covers everything and then it's just yeah. winter wonderland. Yeah. And then you add lights to it, it's just magical. Just it like pops. that. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as we get snow. Then it really, you know, it's still it's still magical, and then a neat experience for people to come to the Christmas River without snow. But when there's snow, it's you know it's it's crazy. People are like, this is so magical. There's something, and there really is. There's something special on that island, mm-hmm. and I've always felt it. And I actually used, maybe I'm kind of going on a tangent, but <laughs> but, but I used to um, I used to think, man. There's got to be like gold out here or something, you know. I gotta find that. Like, why do I have these thoughts, you know, of, of there's something here? Yeah. And you know, I found it. Yeah. I found something more precious than gold, and that's a lifestyle, a career, yeah. a business, because it allows me to do something that I absolutely love, get paid to do, and then my family's involved at the same time. Yeah. My kids, they haunt. They're active in it. They're helping out. My wife's involved. So it's a family business that we do together that's so <clears throat> so really it's more valuable than finding a pot of gold. Right. A pot of, what's a pot of gold gonna do? I mean you're gonna spend that money and then it's gone, yeah. you know. But this is a you know, we have this for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Who knows what it, it's gonna our kids what they will become because of this kind of lifestyle. Dang, you just expressed like deep connection to that earth. Like have, has anybody else expressed the same thing? Like, dude, there's something out here. Has it always been you just <clears throat> James's Island? I see where you're going. Yeah. That, so my, I think my sister Joey has, she's is when she was younger, she talks about stories, spending time out there and mm-hmm. everything. But I don't, I don't think on the same level, anybody's connected like I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll share it. Something really neat. The first year we opened, um, you know, my grandpa, he farmed this land before my father. Mm-hmm. That's my mom's father. Right. So my grandpa on my mom's side. Um, 
he's a hunter and he married a Rigby. So my, my grandma LaRue is a Rigby. So we have ties to, you know, Rigby and the whole yeah. Rigby clan and everything. But um, they passed away. Uh, he passed away first and she passed away. And this is back like 2000, you know, 90, 2008, I think is when he, he passed away, if I remember. But um, the first year we opened out here, there was a, a friend of ours. She's she's called a medium, if you know what that yeah. is. Oh, yeah. If you're on. Oh, yeah. Audience knows what a medium is. Go ahead and explain it again, just to well. They, <clears throat> so they they're in touch with like the the spiritual world, you know, the other however you want to call it. Yeah, I the call dimension, it the, right? dimension. Yeah, yeah the veil. I call it the, yeah, yeah, spirit world is right. kind of what I refer to it as. Yeah, um, around us, I believe there's a spirit world all around us. Yeah, you know, and that's where we're going to go when we pass on, or our yeah. spirit leaves our physical body. And anyway, so she's a medium, so she communicates with spirits. That are on the other side. Yeah. And she was there one of the nights and she so first opened. Yeah, we've been open for <clears throat> you know a few weekends. And so she came out one mm -hmm. night, and this is during the Halloween side. Yeah, during Halloween. Okay. She came out and you know, she came went through it. And after she went through, then she she was just standing there and she's like, I'm getting this medium. And she's like, This is so odd. Why am I getting this this spiritual sensation right now that someone wants to communicate with me. What did she say? It was like a fearful thing or was she, so she, she knew that she, it wasn't like a normal, like somebody did a seance in the back of trees here. It was right. Like, she was <laughs> right. like, yeah. she's like, Which something is, good's coming from this, this thing. Yeah. Right? There's a good vibe, but it's right. weird because I'm at a Halloween attraction. So yeah. why am I, you know, so she was kind of like thrown off, like the timing and the place for her just didn't seem right. Yeah. So she, she actually ignored it and pushed away. And then she finally was like, it kept talking to her. So she finally yeah. listened. And when she looked towards me, she saw like a figure, a, a male figure yeah. standing there. And, and then the figure told her, said, tell James that I'm proud of him. Oh, wow. You know, tell him I'm proud of what he's done. And that's my grandpa, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else would be standing there? To tell <clears> yeah. Who else would be, you know, yeah. he, uh, you know, he always, he always said, he says, do something that you love. You know, your career, you've got to do something that you love. That's yeah. what's most important. Yeah. Don't don't go and spend your time doing stuff that you don't love. Yeah. You know? and, and and so it's just, it's it's neat to see that all come together. You know, Grandpa's proud of what I've done. Right. This is his land. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's spent his whole life here. Yeah. And then to see what I've turned it into to bring joy to the world. Yeah. I mean, we do for Halloween and Christmas. It's crazy. I mean, we have... Halloween, we have 14,000 people come through. Christmas, we have roughly about that too, you know? Yeah. And so, um, anyways, it's kind of neat to see that all come together. So well, I think farming's a noble work anyways. Farmers do it. Some farmers, it's not about the money most of the time. It's about a lifestyle, right? There's two types of men in this world. There's businessmen and there's lifestyle men, or lifestyle businessmen, right? So there's the gazelle side, which is, like, I want to take over the world. I want to make a bunch of money. I want to work for a big corporation. And there's nothing wrong with it, right? That's 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 the corporate ladder that's made America so amazing. Is like, let's go get it. It's this European thing inside of us to get, get on, right? And I want to be as big as I can. And that'll be the, that's the goal for a gazelle businessman is like, how much did I create? And how big did I get? And did I spend all my time getting it there? And it sounds like, I'm the same way as you as I'm a lifestyle businessman. That's what you're describing too. It's just like, I want to make enough to provide for my family, to provide for my lifestyle. So I'm not doing this so that I can have 
sleepless nights and and that that's that's not that's not what turns it for you which again is not a problem it's not a bad thing that there's people that do want to have men that do want to go out like just get after it like thank goodness for tesla or whatever right like those kind of guys go nuts and they get it done but for me and for you is what it sounds like is that this life and this time on this earth for us is how do i perpetuate with those closest to me i'm not worried about reaching the, the masses of the world as many as i can great but I want to provide for my lifestyle and where I'm at. And that's what your grandpa was doing. That's what farmers doing. So for him to come and take this world and this, this, this earth that he tilled and literally labored over to, to bring food to people, to other, and that I, a lot of farmers take great pride in the fact that they feed either you or the animals that you're eating. And so your grandpa's standing there saying, you found a way to, to take this, the toil and make it something that, and I'm not going to say take the toil out of it because I know how hard you freaking work to make that work, to turn that island into what it is. Um, so that's really, really cool that that's kind of been perpetuated for you. Yeah, and I think that the lifestyle, is that's that's really what it's all about. I mean, obviously, we're driven by success, yeah. you know, and, and in order to, to have the lifestyle you want, you've got to have success. You've got to find something that you can be successful at. Yeah. You know, as a man, you've got to, what am I good at? Let's explore it. Let me yeah. find out. Let me figure that out. Once you find that, if you can turn that into a career, you know, what you're good at, as long as you can make a lifestyle, that's what's most important. You know, I, I think the world is too caught up in trying to be the world. Yeah. But the footprint that you leave when you go back, you know, from the dust we were created, when yeah. you go back to the dust, yeah. whatever footprint you left. Yeah. I think I think what's most important is is your lifestyle. It's you know yeah. it's it's the impression that you left on the individuals that you were surrounded by, your family, your peers, whoever you know. And yeah. My grandpa and grandma that to this day anybody that knows them, they say that they were the best people to ever walk this earth. Yeah, you know, and and I think that's how I want to model my lifestyle is after that. You know. Yeah. But it takes truly doing it. Doesn't take a result based living, and I think that's where. A big part of this podcast and a big part of me is that I'm trying to identify that line where people get, it seems like the world today is so caught up in, in result based living where it's like, I want a car or I want to have a house or I want to have a lot of money or I want a hot wife or I want, I want these tangible things, but that's not what makes a man. That's not what makes success. Success isn't actually to me something that you can have and say, I have success because it's fleeting. When we say, like, take your house, for example, right? You have a house, right? But it's not going to stay yours unless you pay your bills and you take care of it. You don't pay your bills, the bank's tanking the back. And if you don't take care of it, it's going to fall over, right? Yeah. And success is the same thing. Success is what we apply to, to take care of the things that we tangibly have. Like your marriage, right? Like you worked hard to get your wife. And you work hard, you work hard to keep her and you can go out and, and not choose her one day and say, you know what? And she's mad at you because of your choice or you can say a mean thing or, or not pay close enough attention to her because you're paying close attention to something else. It doesn't mean you're not successful in your marriage. It doesn't mean you're not married anymore. What that means is that you're not that in that moment, you didn't take time to look at that specific situation. But if you stop paying attention to her, she will leave. Yeah. Or you will leave, right? One of the two is going to go away. And I think too many people think of success that way. 
I'm successful because I have these tangible items when really it's, that's, that's the result and it's not the cause. The cause is success. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right when you say, yeah, wake up and find something that you love to do. Wake up and say, okay, where am I at? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, can you say 10 years old, what did you want to do? What did you want to be? Man, I, <clears throat> I honestly had dreams of being an NFL football star, being a UFC fighter. Those were my kind of visions or dreams yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? yeah. I wanted, I wanted like, not that it was the fame, I just loved football and I loved fighting. Yeah. You know, so that's what I wanted. Yeah. Like, those, okay. those were kind of my people dreams. People say make something you love and the money, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you can beat people up all day long. I was the same way. I felt the same way. Did you, uh, at what point did you start getting serious about, okay, I can't, I'm not going to play football and I'm not, for the listeners, you're 6'2", 6'3"? Six, six, yeah, 6'2", two, two, 200, 210, depends on with the most gorgeous beard ever. I gotta say that. I made eye contact with you when I said it too, just to make it super weird. That's <laughs> the stash that pulls it yeah, together. The That's stash. the secret. A lot you of guys don't grow stashes. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's gonna come. You gave me motivation, no yeah. Last what two weeks ago, we were out at at a, up in uh, Swan Valley. Yeah. We were camping together, and he showed up with his beard. We hadn't seen him forever. We're out branding cows. This guy pulls up in this big old semi-truck, literally just a semi-truck with no trailer, driving down this dirt road and jumps out, and here's James, and with this massive beard, and I didn't recognize you at first, I was like, who is this man here, like, this guy's huge, and uh, so anyways, you could have been those things, so what we're saying is, it's like, you weren't, not like you were going to say, oh, I want to be an NFL, you weren't shooting you weren't really swinging for the fence at that point. If you'd applied yourself, you could have done. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I, I was. I was a good football player in high school, but I, you know, I had problems. You know, I, I liked to party, too. I liked to play. Yeah. And so I was, I was not disciplined in my yeah. younger years. You know, I, the, the kind of the party scene or the having fun got the best of me. Yeah. And so quickly I realized, well, I, I quickly kind of blew my own chances, you know, because I could have had scholarships to play yeah. college ball. And who knows from there, you know. Right. Obviously, NFL is a whole other level, but right. that dream pretty much faded. Um, you know, probably shortly. I was pretty excited about it. You know, looking back during that whole courting phase, and even the initial like marriage and the first little while, you know, it was it, I was excited about it. <clears throat> and I was I, what I started to talk about is reality kind of sets in where. The father is still in the pic picture. Yeah, he's a good guy. You know, he, he does well and means well. And but it's just the reality of two, trying to raise a child under two different roofs mm -hmm. is difficult because you know kids need that consistency in their life. Yeah, and and they need you know they, they need direction. They need the guidance. And when you get two parents giving you two directions to go so to speak you know what i mean one parent is going one way and the other one's going the other it's just difficult <clears throat> not saying one way is better than the other at all it's just two directions right because of the way they do things yeah. the way they handle things right so it, it is a challenge yeah. but, but they're great kids i love them and you know yeah we make it work so here's the big question i kind of alluded to this like in your mind does being a father mean so You've got this unique experience of, of a blended family situation. So to you, from having both experiences of 
you're biological versus non-biological. What does it mean to you to be a father? What does it actually mean to you, nuts and bolts? You know, I, I, I think it's to love them. Yeah. Just let them know we love them. You know, All right. and obviously discipline and, you know, you need to make sure uh, kids know what's right and what's wrong. And you got to establish yourself as a leader role, right? Like you can't yeah. just go out and follow the kids around because right. that'll lead to candy and <laughs> upset stomachs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, you want to love them on that level. That's yeah. you, that's spoiled rotten. Right. Um, I just think that, that, that love is probably the most important thing, that they, they feel loved, they know they're loved, and they can always come to you for whatever they need. Yeah. You know, whatever challenges that are going to come their way. Oh, mom and dad love me. I can go back to mom and dad. What do you think it takes to, to give actual love to somebody? You think that anybody can just walk out and do it? Or do you think that it's something that's earned? Like what, what are your viewpoints on when you say well, just love them? Yeah. What and, does it take? And that's a great question because I, I that kind of ties to your, your previous question where I've seen, you know, a split family. When, when my first born was born, it was instant. Yeah. It's, you know, that there's, there's unconditional love there. It's just automatic. Mm -hmm. You feel it, you see it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Having a child is amazing. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Um, that's why we have six kids. <laughs> my wife, my wife wants to keep going. She's like, I love the hospital. I love that experience. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. But um, but no, it, it is. It, you know, it's it's not unconditional for everybody, and that's just you know I, I can say that um, because I, I'm living it. You know, it's hard. To, you have to work at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think your own blood children, that unconditional love comes much more natural than anything else, any right. other love in this in this life. Yeah. But for others, you have to work on it, and I think even with our spouse, you have to work on it. Yeah. You know, it's not unconditional with the person that you say I do. Yeah. It's something you have to work at yeah. and it takes work. And uh, you have to give attention to all these different um, aspects of your life. And that's one of them, the marriage. You know, you got to give the time and the attention yeah. that it needs so that you can, you know, continue to, to work on that relationship, culture that relationship, you know. Yeah. Work, same thing. You got to give the time and attention it needs to work to your kids. Yeah. To everything that you want to be successful in life. You have to work at it. You have to give attention to it. You have to do something with it. <clears throat> if you don't work at it, it's just going to sit in the shed. That tool's just going to sit there and not going to accomplish anything. Yep. And I think we all come sharp. I think we all are born into this world, ready to go. This natural side of us that's like that we should be just proud of the fact that we we've come out ready to roll. And I think, like with you were saying with your your kid your first born watching that happen and me the same thing and my little my little boy came out and they're setting him on the table and rubbing him down i was just like it just literally starstruck like there could have been somebody offering me money or or the coolest billboard or whatever i wasn't paying attention to seeing i wasn't even hearing my wife talking to me i was so enthralled with this little thing and curious and excited and protective like everything the nurse was doing i was thinking is that too hard are you pushing too hard like let's that's my kid. Like I felt all of these, like all of the beautiful emotions mixed with the intense, like fourth and one adrenaline of like, holy crap, it's here. <laughs> Look at it. There it is. And, 
and that carries and that builds. And I think it's because of, of mutual respect. And I think that's what it takes to love. And maybe you found this too, but like I love because I respect my little boy. When he came out, it was just, I respect him. Like, there's no, no way to put it other than that kid just has been born. Here he is. And he deserves everything in this life that, that's coming to him. I'm not going to stand in his way. I'm going to do my best by him because I respect his life and who he is. And it's easy because he was just crying, right? And I've been spending nine months rubbing his skin layer over the top of him, right? Just trying to get to know him. And having that in experience, I think I think a marriage first for me is what taught me to love, like truly taught me to love. Can you promise that woman forever? It's that's a weight. And the first time I remember getting in a fight with my wife, it was about the dumbest thing ever. It was, I don't even remember, right? Like we don't remember what our initial fights were, but I was so mad. I was just like frustrated. And then I thought, you know what? Everybody told us if you're going to fight, fight naked. <laughs> right? So this is a first drag down so, knockout. So you're like, babe, sorry, I, I hate you right now, but take your clothes off. <laughs> no, so, so I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to lead by example, right? So I walk in the room. It may have too much information, whatever. We can edit it out later if we feel like it is. But I am walk out naked, just like stark naked, walk out and talk to her, and she didn't even crack a smile, dude. It made it so much worse. I have never fought naked since. Like, I walked out in the most vulnerable state a man can be, emotionally trying to tell her, like, it's going to be okay. And she's just like, just being, like, did not work. It backfired so bad. So then I'm feeling sad and neglected and inferior and not loved and all these things are like, oh my gosh. And it made, oh dude, it made it so much worse. Same thing with going to bed angry when it was like, don't go to bed angry, right? It was like, well, sometimes you just need to go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah, like, 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 I'm not giving you, I'm just go to sleep. Right? Like, wake up in the morning and say, you okay? Let's, let's go. Biggest thing that I've found to be successful and practicing success in my marriage and with my kids is choosing them. Because like we were talking about before, like success is is fleeting, no matter what. It's not going to stay around. Like we've got to make choices and actually choose that thing every single day. So what what have you found <clears throat> when you're like standing naked with your wife and she's mad at you and you just blew it, right? Like, yeah, well, I had a thought come to me. Yeah, go for it. Um, I heard this, and I can't quote who I heard it from, but, but it, it, it goes along the lines of, you know, a, a father cannot be successful at being a father and be completely successful at providing for his kids. You're going to miss out on one or the other. You can't be there 100% of the time for your children. Right. And be successful at providing for your children. Mm -hmm. You can't do both. It's it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> I can't be there for my kids 100% of the time. I'm going to miss out on games. I'm going to miss out on activities. I'm going to miss out on their, their little graduations, things that happen mm -hmm. because I have to provide for them. <clears throat> my job is to make sure there's food on the table, there's a roof over their head, the bills are paid, they have clothes on their back, that they have all the tools that they need so they can live a successful life. And in order to do that, again, you can't you can't serve both. Right. You can't be there 100% of the time. 
And that's the beauty of a mother. That's the beauty of what they can do. They're there for them 100% of the time. I mean, obviously with six kids, she's got to you know, divide <laughs> yeah. out that time. But, yeah, yeah. but that's what's, what's really neat in our, in our family is she does. She loves it. She spends a lot of quality time with them. She goes to all their activities, whatever it is, she's there. Mm-hmm. And, and she can be there for them, and I can't. I miss out on that because I'm working, right. you know, providing a family. I also, <clears throat> I also drive truck. I didn't mention this earlier, but I do, I do, I own and operate a truck. So when I'm not doing Halloween or Christmas, I'm over the road, driving over the road and making ends meet that way. So, yeah. you know, there is a lot of time where I'm just not around. What I think I'm hearing you say is that you and your wife have split up what your life's going to look like together. And you decided I'll provide and you are going to take care of the kids and freaking awesome. My family set up the same way. You make your decisions based off of, is this the best for my family or is this the best for me? Cause like I spent this weekend in the sun building a mother hugging brain smashing kids playhouse that showed up in boxes of just single boards. <laughs> And I did not want to, I would have rather been fishing for yeah, sure or yeah, yeah. whatever, anywhere but where I was. Yeah. And, but I did it because I was something that my wife and I had chose to spend money on to give it to our kids so that they could have somewhere to play. They will spend 99% of the time playing with that without me. And it kind of sucks to think about it that way with your kids. Like, we love them so much. We want to be with them. It'd be so cool. And, and that's what we're doing in our lifestyle, right? Like eventually the plan is to have enough time that we're scheduling work around family. But right now I'm not there. It sounds like you're not to that point yet. I mean, we get to spend time. We get to have vacations and nights and whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most men, we're out there grinding to bring the stuff home so that, that our wives can take whatever we bring home and make it into something else. Yeah. The other day I came home from, from work and from one of the job sites I was on and I was on the phone. He was supposed to go to wrestling. He's pounding on the door and I'm on the phone. I is a client that was kind of hard to deal with. And so I don't want my kid jumping on and screaming and whatever, but he's so excited to see me. And, and I talked on the phone in the, in the driveway for probably 15 minutes, which made us 10 minutes late for wrestling practice. And he gets in, he's six years old, and he gets in the truck and he's like, Dad, I'm the most important thing in your life, right? And I said, yeah, absolutely, buddy. And he's like, then why are we late for wrestling? And he, I mean, he was like, I'm proud of him, right? Because I'm like, dude, you're squaring your shoulders with a 33-year-old man right now. Like, good for you. Good for you, but also don't talk to me like yeah. that, right? Like, it's kind of weird to die yeah, right, right. And he's so he's like, Dad, he's putting on a spot. Like, what the heck, Dad? And I'm like, you know what, bud? I am sorry. I, I apologize. There's a difference between urgent and important. And as dads, we don't get the luxury of important as much as we'd like to. I would love to show my kids how important they are all the time and have them be the top. But for us, urgent trumps that. Urgent is I've got to I gotta be over the road. Yeah. Urgent is I gotta go make this money. And that kind of what dictates what we do. And it's hard, but, and it's kind of one of those crosses that we bear as, as, as men. And I think our wives bear this other one of, of they wish they had urgent, right? <laughs> to, to, 
to get out. To get away from it. Right? To yeah. get a break. <laughs> to get a, these long Idaho winters are just rough yeah. for them. they got four walls that they're stuck inside of. But right. we each have our roles, right? And to kind of circle back to to that, it's it's really interesting how much of a balancing act that is for somebody who really loves and respects their kids and wants to be with them, right? We want to we want to be there all the time, but we can't. We gotta we gotta pull ourselves away. So you got a trucking company? Tell me about that. Yeah, so I, I started. You know, once I started the Halloween and Christmas um, gig, then I had all this free time after after Christmas mm-hmm. where I had to figure something out. So I, you know, there's, there's obviously I'm committed for six months out of the years to my own business, mm-hmm. but then the other six months, I, you know, nobody's going to hire me for six months to give me a good paying wage. So naturally I just, I went to trucking yeah. and I started working. I worked my first year for super T. Um, he treasure owns and operates super T. He's a, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. So I, I hired on with him, got my, uh, Got kind of got my feet wet with them. Did that for the first year. <clears throat> then the second year, um, I had a buddy that had a truck, and I just reached out to him to see if I could drive for him. And it ended up working out to where I bought that truck from him. I own that truck now, and uh, and and it's crazy. It's it's um, trucking. There's there's really good money in trucking. Yeah, like a guy can make good money. It's again, I think it's unconventional. It's 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 not what a lot of guys do um, because it is rough. You know, if, if you had to truck year round, it'd be rough. You know, yeah. and, and you know, that's I think a lot. A lot of why you see the stereotype of truckers is because it is. It's a rough lifestyle when you do it year round. But I'm, I'm. They call me a hobby driver when I talk to people over the road or anything. They're like, "Oh, you're a hobby driver." <laughs> yeah, and, buddy. And that, that's what I am. Yeah, I, I get a. I do it as a hobby, not really for a career. Yeah. It makes great money, pays you know, pays bills and stuff, but. But I love it. I get to drive. I get to see the country. I get to go all over the place. You sit ten feet in the air, so your views from a truck are like yeah. ten times better from yeah. from a lifted truck that I had in high school or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, you can see over all the you know the barriers, and you see rivers and valleys and everything you don't see in some you know. Oh, that's cool. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And this time of the year, the spring, everything's just green. I mean, it's just so pretty. And I and I love driving through the mountains. I go through the mountains a ton. Yeah. Um, up through Jackson and, and Alpine and all that area. And anytime I can take mountain driving, I you know love it. But pick that anyway. So so yeah, I, <clears throat> so I drive truck, and my goal is just to get two trucks, get one guy to drive one truck, and then it's then it's real. I'm just I want to restore two old trucks. Yeah, that's my goal. I don't want these new trucks with all these regulations on them. Yeah, there's you know 2000 to 2007. There's pre emissions. There's you know all this stuff that. That's all the new trucks that the old ones don't have. Yeah. You know, so they're loud and they're <clears throat> the exhaust on them. I mean, they're freaking, you know, you know, yeah. I'm coming from miles away, you know, right. I'm coming down a mountain pass and, yeah. and then, you know, you tune them up and get the horsepower up and, and the yeah. power, you know, it's, they're fun. They're fun yeah. to drive. That's awesome. So, and again, that's a hobby, yeah. but I'm putting money back into the business, growing the business by, instead of building a Harley, that's not going to make me any money. Yeah. I'm building a truck. Yeah, an old custom truck. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's sweet. And your is pretty sweet. But you found a way. You take your boy with you, right? Yeah. So I take William with me. We we call it William James Trucking. Um, my wife came up with that idea, and, and uh, William is. So I've got five daughters, and I've got a boy. He was the last one, the sixth child. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some special needs. You know, he's um, he had some really bad health issues when when he was born, and 
my wife was down in, in primary children's with him for, you know, months on end. And, and uh, anyways, he's, you know, he's got some special needs. He's delayed big time and, and, and they haven't quite put a finger on what it is, what disorders he may or may not have. So we really don't know. Um, but he loves trucking. He is. Yeah. It is crazy. He sits co-pilot with How old me. is he now? Uh, he's going to be three in July, July 20th, he'll be three, you know, and he barely says a few words, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, when you compare him to somebody his own, his age, you can see that he's really delayed, but yeah, he'll sit in the co-pilot and he just points at trains. He taps my arm, you know, cause yeah. I'm, I'm in the zone focus and all yeah. of a sudden tap on my arm and he's like pointing <laughs> choo-choo. That's awesome. And, uh, and same with the trucks. He loves yeah. seeing trucks. Anytime we're in a parking lot or unloading, you know, receiving yeah. or shipping, he's just trucks, trucks, you know, that's awesome. He doesn't cry. He won't cry. We'll go out. We'll leave Monday and get back Wednesday. He won't cry one peep. Really? Sleeps like a baby. Yeah. And then he gets home and he's just, he's a terror. He's a terror. He's <laughs> fussy and crying. And yeah. that's funny. His name's on the side of the truck and he's just rolling down the road. Name's on the side of the truck. And, and what's cool to see is a lot of people, a lot of people see it and they really respect it. You know, people yeah. are like, you know, they, they give me props for having my boy with me, which I think, again, because he's special, it's, it's interesting to see the response from people out there in the world that see that I have my boy with me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just the bonding that we have with my boy, that time that I get to spend with him is... I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. <clears throat> I really wouldn't. And that's one of the ways that you've been able to meld important and urgent, right? Right. With your with your family is like, yep. you know what, this is something that I can I can meld this with and do. And I take my little boy to work as much as I can, but on a construction site he's liable to get poor dropped on his head or <laughs> something crazy. So but, <clears throat> you've got Christmas you got your, your, your entertainment side of it. You got your trucking side of it. What's your goal for, for you? What do you want to do with, with where you're at? Like what's, what's the end result where you're just like, yeah, I, <clears throat> I think there's, there's kind of two sides to it. You know, I think continuing to have success, um, be successful. You know, I really, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing, things work out, fixing things, making things, building things, growing things. I love that side of, of life, you know, being mm -hmm. able to get your hands dirty and then see the results. And, you know, I love that side. I don't want to ever give that up. I think the day we do is the day we start to die. Yeah. But, but, he, but the, the bigger picture is to spend that quality, that important time with the kids, with the family. And that's why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Yeah. You know, the, the success motivates me to keep going the real reason to do it all is the quality time with the family. Yeah. You know, and then that's, that's what we look forward to. You know, we, we get, we have time that we spend together, vacations and camping and all this, you know, whatever we can fit in between all this busy life. Mm -hmm. That's when, that's, that's when the joy in life really come, like settles in when you're like, I really enjoy this. I really yeah. enjoy camping, seeing my kids run around on these little bikes and having a good time. You know, that's, I think that's really what it's all about. That's awesome. <clears throat> what would you say your biggest stress is? Um, yeah, that's, you know, the joys that kids bring also, they <laughs> stress you out. Yeah. But, 
my wife, again, I just like what drive me to her, and she's amazing. She can put up with that. Yeah. I don't know how women do it. But um, they're good at it. Yeah. I mean, they put up with me. My wife, put, my wife put up, puts up with me on top of everything. So. <laughs> yeah. They are, though. It's, they, women have this amazing ability to just see through what's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, we can't. No, like, no, you're yeah, exactly. You know, like, women see the big picture and they yeah. stay calm. But. Yeah. Like, the little, it doesn't matter. This little thing that's happening right now is not a big deal. My little girl will be screaming and crying. And I'm like, I got to fix this. Like, needs to be fixed and she's like no let her scream and cry dude like chill out she's gonna be fine and i'm like no she's gonna die in two seconds like that's how i feel like i gotta save her but like i feel like women have this uh, this amazing ability to handle chaos and i feel like in a way and in the most respectful way possible don't stop and turn off the listen to me out here or hear me out here women are chaos they are the undefined they are the they take, you hear that thing all the time, they say, you give a woman anything, she'll make it better. You give her groceries, she'll make food. You give her a house, she'll make it a home, right? Mm-hmm. And it's true, but the coolest thing about it is, is that I think women are the promise of structure. They're where, that they're where, they're like the, the building material store. Like they literally can give you, take anything they have and they can say, this is what you, they see the potential in everything and they can give that. And as men, we're structure, right? We we form lines. We we take what chaos is and what we're given from chaos, and then just put it into work and put it into to we we take the food from one spot to the next. We we create a place and a way for people to come and have entertainment. I remodel homes like this. We create that structure inside of it, which is why I think a lot of times in a in a home. Dads are looked at as this authoritative figure, and it's because we can pull the nails out of the foreheads of, of everybody that's crying and screaming, where our wives are like, they're more worried about making sure that that person feels okay, like they're going to get through it. They know the bigger picture. Exactly. Why they're, why they're crying or what the, you know, yeah. or we're just we're pulling just, our hair out. Because, <laughs> stop it. Stop. Yeah. This, this needs, you should yeah. behave this way right now because that's just the way you should behave. Exactly. When you're like, it's not, yes, it's not they need this. There's something yeah. going on there. Right. And like, I'm so, oh, oh, yeah. It's got a dirty diaper. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I cry too. <laughs> that feminine energy is just amazing, right? And and the feminine and masculine together is just really cool. So I guess my question is, is, is how do you feel like in your marriage you're able to, to not take that into – you got stressful kids. You got six of them screaming out, right? How do you not take that into the the bedroom or in, not not really that way, but like how do you not take that into the, the back room of your marriage? I think you're you're asking how do I keep my cool or, or how do you it? keep it from affecting your marriage? Like how do you like oh, what your kids the, do and, 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 and that all that stress, how do you make sure that it's not just tearing you and your wife apart? You know, I, I think at times it it does yeah. weigh on us pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know, if you take a step back and Wow, yeah, we, we there's a lot of stress there. I mean, probably take it out on each other, or we do fight, or you know, maybe things are elevated because of the stress the kids yeah. have just you know put on us. So right. to speak, oh, yeah. I guess, that's the right way to say it. But um, you know, I, I think that's where it's important to just communicate with each other, you know, and, and uh, um, don't go to bed angry. Yeah, you know, 
you go to bed naked. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, you know, go on dates, um, spend that quality time together, have stuff that you enjoy together where yeah. you can, I think, get away. You know, you babysitters, you got to get, you know what I mean? You got to get the time. Again, you got to give that relationship the attention that it needs. You got to work on it. Right. And I think that's the communication and spending time together. And, you know, otherwise, if it's just... If it's just kids, 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 all the time, 24-7, you're not working on that relationship together. Yeah. And it's it's going to be, you know, where is it going to be? You know, yeah. It's not going to be there. Yeah. I think it's interesting that marriage is inherently selfish, right? Like our kids, there's no selfish. You can't be selfish with your kids. Right? There's no way that will ever work. But there's no inherently selfishness of your kids. You had kids, so kids... You want to perpetuate your life and initially it's like yeah i want to have a kid but you understand you're going to give yourself to that little thing forever until the day you die you're going to be given that thing and it, happy about it right or in a marriage it's like there's nothing my kid can do that will make me stop loving them or i mean my kid can steal me my stuff punch me in the nose and drive off in my truck and i'd still be like man i love that kid <laughs> right i'd be yeah. pissed i'd hate him <laughs> Yeah, but the love would be there that was just, I may not like him at the moment, but the love is there. Like, I don't think that can ever change. Or with a spouse, there's a lot of stuff I can do to make my wife stop loving me. There's a lot of stuff my my wife can do for the same thing. And I think for men, and I found this in my own life, where we give and we give and we give and we give because we think that that's what we're supposed to do is just give to our wife to make her happy, happy wife, happy life. Right. And I was doing that for a long time. I think a lot of men get caught up in that where it's just like, I'm going to make you happy. But thinking about that, that's kind of manipulative because it's like, if I was to say, I'm going to do things to make my wife unhappy, that would be rude and horrible. Right. So if I'm going to sit here and say, I'm going to do things to make my wife happy, that's just as manipulative. Right. Cause I'm, I'm trying to take on the role of making her happy, which can't really it shouldn't be there which for me it was giving up dirt bikes it was giving up hunting it was giving up the gym it was giving up all these things that i held dear because it was like oh well my wife needs me to be home right i need to make her happy and then i clean the house and do all these things so that i could be do married things right so we could go have time and together naked right and that's pretty manipulative because it's like yeah that's what it takes for her to be able to to break free of it. But really what I was doing was I was trying to control her, but doing it in a noble quote unquote way of just like, well, I'm giving up myself so that she can give to me. Like I'll, I'll, I'll take all the things out of her way so that I can get what I want. And I think there's a lot of men that do that. They, we make these choices based off of how do I make my wife happy when I don't really truly believe that it's our job to make our spouse happy or their job to make us happy. I think we need to find ways that we can individually be happy to then share happiness together. That's what we're doing with our partner, right? We're choosing them every single day. I want to choose my wife to share everything with. And sometimes that's screaming kids and leaky pipes in the house and problems, whatever. But I get to share all that workload, pleasure, joy, all and anger and all the things I have a, a teammate to do that with. How have you navigated keeping your wife as like a 
not losing yourself because what you do takes a lot of get out of my- you know I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to just be a better husband yeah i think i've got the father part of it like i'm, I'm seeing i'm seeing a light at the, at the end of the tunnel seeing some results you know, yeah the results yeah. but the, but to be a good husband um i'm trying to figure it out so any of your listeners have tips man i'm, you know, I'm open <laughs> to tips but um i just i think for sure like with our relationship there's certain things I know she really enjoys yeah. and I want to make sure I give that to her. Yeah. And that's, that's about where it ends for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know yeah. she loves to travel. Yeah. I know, you know, I know what she likes in the bedroom Yeah. and you know, I, I know what kind of time she needs. I know the things she enjoys. I just make sure she has those, Yeah. you know, and then obviously give her relief with the yeah. kids when I can, you know, yeah. cause she's with them way more than probably, any normal conventional mother, yeah. you know, because with me, me and my schedule. Yeah. So whatever, whatever I can do to help out there too, to make sure she gets her time. Yeah. She, she needs that, you know, a yeah. mom needs, they need their time too. They're yeah. constantly giving, 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 helping the kids all the time. It's not about them at all. They are so, so um, selfless, but they need their time. So, you know, I think as a husband, we need to make sure that we, we give that to them. We find it. We find it. I was listening to a podcast and the guy said, if you don't know what your wife's biggest stress is, what her biggest fear is, and what her biggest goal is right now, you need to go take her on a date and figure those three things, <laughs> three things out, right? Yeah. That's, and I was listening. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I know she's afraid <laughs> of bears. What are you doing Friday night? Let's <laughs> exactly, go. Exactly. Right. <laughs> what day is it? Let's go figure this out. But I think the biggest thing for me and what I've seen and when I'm talking to people and I think you're doing it is, is just showing up like being somebody that your wife can look at and respect and not, cause you can be married and not have any respect for each other. That happens every day. But, and I think it ekes into a lot of people's lives. And we kind of touched on that respect thing earlier of just like, I respect this little life. I respect that you have respect for those two kids that came into your life because they deserve that. And I think that's part of being a man is, is being humble enough to know that you can make a change in their life, which some people would call that pride. But I think it's humility and understanding like people need you, dude. So freaking take a couple steps down, like, like back up and take care of yours, humble yourself to figure out you've got some responsibilities. And then in the same breath, having enough tenacity and pride to do it well. And it sounds like from what you're saying, I think that's the only thing that's the only, I mean, listeners, please message me, but anything else you can figure out. But I think that's what women want is for us to show up yep. like the night at yep. the end of the movie always show, he always shows up. Yep. Right? Yep. That's, yeah. But if we come home from work and we're dead tired and I used to argue all the time, like, look, I put in my full time. We split this up. Marriage and equal and fair are not synonymous in a marriage. You have equal parts and it will not be fair. It's not fair to, for me to be out working, sweating and going nuts. And it's not fair for you to be inside stuck and doing laundry, whatever you're doing, right? Like those are two things you have to get out of your head. But at the same time, you both decided to have kids. And so that means that until your kids go to bed, you're both on the clock. Yeah. And for us as husbands, it might mean that that's a 16-hour day, but it's 16 hours for your wife too. So that can't be something that you hold over your head. Yeah. But just showing up and saying, hey, this is where I'm at. 
but it, it, it's, it's big. I mean, just, just the simple act of, of helping put kids to bed does so much for my wife. Yeah. Know? You know, because again, when I'm gone trucking, she's got to do all six kids by herself. Yeah. And so, I mean, just when I'm home and I can help out in any way, it's just something simple like that really goes a long ways. Yeah. It really helps her and she appreciates it. And I love doing it. You know, we, uh, my, my two, the two, I guess my two oldest, not her two, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm usually the one putting men to bed and, and we, we listen to, uh, hymns or or like songs about christ yeah you know and, and that's they fall asleep to that every night okay. so every night it's fun they're like dad are you gonna come in and sing songs you yeah know? And not, not, not that we sing but that's what they say but it's you know just put those songs on my phone and you know we say a prayer read a scripture and then awesome. and then uh, listen to those songs and they fall asleep too and i fall asleep too and an hour later i get up and i'm like oh because you know that's usually a routine yeah you know that's so, awesome. but, but uh, yeah I, I think it's important to just Whatever it is, as a as a husband, you got to help out. You got to participate. You got to be there. You yeah. just got to be there. Your time is valuable. Give it to her, you know, because she needs her time. Yeah, she needs her me time. Yeah, for sure. For me, I just think look at my wife and be like, "Why are you so obsessed with me? Like, don't you have anything else or anyone else? You're like, all you want is me all the time. I can't give you that. Like, I want to go hunt with my buddies. I want to go scout. I want to go play." whatever dirt bikes and all the stuff i have all my hobbies when i was first married and she was just like when are we hanging out and i'm like get some friends girl like what the heck why are you so obsessed with me and now i look at it and i'm like what a humbling and insane thing to have someone love you so much that even at the end of the day of taking care of you they still they want to hang out with you yeah, yeah. and that's a huge weight that's a massive weight and you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself Right. So, how do you how do you find ways to take care of yourself? Like, how do you how do you find like? And again, this isn't this is not in no way am I saying you're the gold standard. I mean, whatever. But I'm just saying like you yourself. How do you find time running two businesses to just keep yourself as a man and not just like turning into the the bump log trucker that's out there? Yeah, you know, when I'm home, I try and I'm outside. I do not spend time inside my home. I love my home. It's a beautiful home, but I want to be outdoors. Yeah. When I come home, man, I want to be out, whether it's doing yard work, the garden, the island, mm -hmm. whatever it is, working on something in the driveway, just riding the bike around with the kids. I just want to be outside. And I think that's where I get my physical activity mm -hmm. is just from that. And it is pretty demand, um, physically demanding getting ready for Halloween and Christmas. There's a lot of you know, physical bad. labor that goes into it. So I, it's it's interesting. That time of the year, I tend to lose weight. <clears throat> and then come February, January, February, when I start driving, I tend to gain weight. Yeah. You know, but I, but I just, it, it's hard. Where I don't drive truck year-round, you know, I don't actually get to the point where it's like, holy cow, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a big boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, I, I get enough physical activity with yeah. my other business that it, it kind of keeps me somewhat healthy. She's on a different level. She wants me to be, you know, this gym, 10,000 steps a day kind of yeah. guy and all this. And I'm just like, babe, I've already got you. Yeah. I've already got you. I'm here. You know, you already love me for me. Yeah. You know, I don't need yeah. to go make my muscles any bigger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. There's also this thing called urgent and important, babe. Right. Right now. <laughs> right. right now the gym's not urgent. <laughs> so. But I think it's good to, to, you know, for men to physically 
feel good about themselves. I'm sorry, mentally feel good about their physique. I guess that's the way yeah. I'm trying to put it. You know, I think that's important. Yeah. Not just let yourself go. You know, you yeah. you let yourself go, and then who knows what that leads to? I think right. mentally, we need to be mentally, physically, and spiritually fit. Yeah. You know, in all those areas. Those are three aspects of our lives that just we need to give attention to. Yeah. Absolutely. When we let one of those things slide, the next one comes right with it. And right. Before we in a hole and just not even realizing it. Right. Like I went through a time in my life just recently. Like it wasn't until about a year ago that I was like, I woke up and realized like, holy cow, dude, you are slipping hard. And I let all that stuff go because I felt like, like I was telling you, like it's not important. What's important is my wife and my kid and let myself out completely. And I wasn't sharpening the saw. I wasn't sharpening myself. I was just, working, 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 and thinking that it led to depression, it led to frustration and anger. And, and I, there's, I can't say enough about being physically fit and not in a way that's like ripped, but just like doing things that when you go outside and you're not out of breath, like being able to live your life and not be sick or headaches or inflammation or all this stuff about it. And I can go on that forever, but I think you're right. Like it just, just finding mentally, physically, and spiritually to 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 tune yourself in is a, is a big thing. Yeah, and, it, and it's just finding the right balance for you. You know, some men gotta be in the gym at four in the morning. Yeah, they just and that's great. That's yeah. that fits for them. Yeah. You know, it's whatever works for you. But I just, I, for sure, you just can't let yourself go physically or spiritually or mentally. You gotta just. You gotta be on top of all three of those. I think so. I need to be lot. successful. Yeah, I need a lot. You're like we said before. If you're just sitting in the shed and not doing anything, you're just gonna get rusty and old and gross and and not good for anything. And your wife's definitely not gonna want to pick you up. So it's like it's kind of a double edged sword because you do have to take time away from what you're saying. You have to take time for your family to go to the gym. You have to take time for your family to to build a business or do not even you don't have to be self employed to be happy, but to go to work and have a job that provides what you're fulfilled in. And like, you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody else. Because if there's nothing in the tank, when your kids come running to you, all you're going to hear is screams and cries and you're not going to see the opportunity to help them learn from what they're crying about. And it's just been crazy that the world's turning into this. To me, it's turning into this, this show of, of, who can have the least, least amount of stress, the least dirty hands, the least sweat at the end of the day, like who can do the most work with the least amount of effort. And I think that just turns into an ungrateful world because you don't appreciate what you have. Like if you're not out working for your dollar and actually putting effort into it, then you buy whatever you want. It doesn't fulfill you at all because it just easy come, easy go, right? It goes back to the, you know, the goal. If I found it, bucket of gold out here on the island <clears throat> how much good is that really going to do me in the long run you're going to put it back into the island you're going to go buy some more decorations <laughs> and something right like it's not going far that's for sure <laughs> staying local with that one yeah maybe fill up your semi once right yeah yeah um you know i, I will i think just to mention like the in all these i think i kind of touched on it earlier but i think the hard work is is really key to anything you know success in your your business success in your career success in your family your marriage whatever it is it's just it's just hard work 
and the world is getting away from that. Yeah. They don't know how to work hard. No. They really don't. Yeah. They know how to sit behind a screen and scroll. And that's, yeah. you know, they don't know blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. And and that's when we are, I think, at our, at our prime. Um, it's just when we're working hard or, you know, motors are turning and wheels are turning and things are, you know what I mean? You're thinking of things, things yeah. come to you. It's just, you're so much better off by working hard. Yeah. From being in a flow state in your mind where it's just like, let's go get it. Yeah. Let's let's push it. Let's Yeah, it's just healthy. Yeah. It's healthy to work hard. And whether it's again, whether it's working hard being a dad or a husband or in your career, yeah. it's just just go after it. Go yeah. get it. And it's hard. Sometimes it seems like, man, if I put more effort into it, that's just gonna stress me out even more, which is gonna make it even more hard, whatever. But like the same way that sleep begets more sleep, hard work gives you more energy to do more hard work. It does. Like you it does. just it's the weirdest thing is you think the thing that's going to save you from your from your lack of accomplishment is accomplishment. And so it seems simple, but it's like I've got to get up. Mine, like in the morning, I tell us all the time, mine over mattress, right? Like I've been trying to lose weight and it's working, but it's because I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to go out. My mattress is going to keep me down. I'm going to go run let's do this. And for me, it's been really helping, but I was feeling sick and tired and frustrated. And I just can't believe how much different it is now being out and like choosing myself to work on it. I mean, we touched that on five different levels already, but it kind of comes down to like working hard. And I think that's the biggest thing that I can across the board is we're built to work as men. Like it's wired inside of us to work and we can suppress that. And we can live a whole life without even knowing really how to work. We just do things that that are easy tasks and doing things because we're told to do them. And it's not a plug for self-employment by any means. But I think when a man's the most successful is when he's perpetuating into his life. Where what he takes out, he's putting right back into it. So when you take a hug from your kid... You're actually giving a hug back. What would you tell yourself five years ago? Like if you could go back, I guess think of a moment when you were five years ago, where you were at, where things you've overcome in the last five years. That guy, maybe give us a little background of where he was at and what he was doing, and then yeah, I think it all it all kind of wraps around some of the career decisions that I made is really what it, what it comes to, you know, cause that's about the point where I was starting to like try and figure out what, what am I going to do with my life? What's my career going to be? You know? <laughs> um, at the time, let's see, the greatest showman had come out, I think right around that same time frame. Yeah. And the song that he sings is little boy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to quote it word for word. Cause I'm right. terrible doing that, but <clears throat> something along the lines of, People are going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. You know, people are going to think, however he says that, it's perfect the way he says it. Yeah. But that's, you know, I just tell myself, people are going to think you're crazy. Yeah. But but just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Don't be afraid, you know. Yeah. And uh, because I, I can't, when I go back, you know, people that I tell, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business. What are you going to do? I'm going to do a Halloween attraction. I had one person laugh at me in my face. 
really. Just one person. Everybody else didn't laugh me in my face, but they were laughing at me when I left. You know what I'm saying? They're like, that guy's crazy. He's in yeah. like, he's like in his middle ages and he's going through this midlife crisis, you know, right. what's he doing? Yeah. Um, so I would just tell myself, people are going to think you're crazy, but that's okay. Yeah. Just keep going. Trust about it. Just trust it. Trust your instinct. Go after what you want to go after. Yeah. And don't let, don't let other people discourage you in yeah. any way, shape or form. You know what you want to do. Go get it. Yeah. Be confident in yourself. Yeah. Get up. And if you're not, like that limiting belief mentality, I've had that all the time. I've had it a bunch in my life of just like, I'm not good enough. Like, there was a one career shift that I made a couple of years ago where I landed this job with this other company that was just, it seemed too good to be true. I was so freaking stressed about it because I was like, I'm not good enough. I know I, I committed to these people to come do this job for them. This is big leagues. This is big boys. This is big high dollar stuff. Like I'm not going to be able to do this. And I showed up first day scared to death. Like what the heck am I doing here? And then by the end of the first month, it was easy. I felt challenged every single day, but I was in a state of just like, I'm getting it. This is fine. But that limiting belief of what other people think is so silly because we're, they don't matter. They're not here in your in in your conversations with your wife or anywhere else, but we give them so much equity in our lives because of what, right? And what what ultimately led you to just like push all that out of the way? So what did you do to just like like how'd you navigate that? It must have felt pretty dang lonely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, people just they just they really just thought I was midlife crisis, and they. You know, even family members and stuff were just like, James is going to lose it all. You know, he built the house on the farm. He's going to lose the house. He's gonna lose, really? You know, I mean, and and to me, I just I just knew, I knew there was something. Like I, I talked about earlier, I knew there was something special yeah. out there. There's something special. Everybody feels it that comes, whether it's Halloween or Christmas. You feel it. There is something special on this property. And yeah. uh, and I knew it. And I just knew it to go after it. And I had, I had a vision. And I, I had a dream and I chased that dream. Yeah. And, and again, people thought I was crazy, but I just didn't, I didn't let it ring my bell. I just yeah. kept going. Yeah. And, uh, I was a man on a mission to, to get it done. And, and it's, it's been great. And it turned out, I just can't believe how successful we've been. Even day one, day one opening for the Haunted River the first year, we had 1300 people show up on opening night. Wow. 1300 people. That's amazing. And yeah, I had a guy call me. It's it's in the Halloween industry. I don't even remember who it was now. Just some random guy got my number. He's like, "How did you do it? What did you do?" <laughs> You're like, I don't so, know. I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you, you know, I've been doing this for so long. How did you open with 1,300 people? Wow. And uh, you know, and, and I know that there's things that we've done. You know, the recipe for yeah. success that we've done, and, and I. Again, I give credit to God. That's right. that's credit needs to go to where it's due, and that's God because yeah. He inspired me, He motivated me, He gave me the inspiration. I couldn't. Right. You know, I, he was working through me to accomplish things that needed to be done, right. and so He was helping me, and I allowed Him to. You know, I you listen, pray. Right? Yeah, yeah, I listen and I pray and I ask for help. You know, I'm humble enough that I know that it's not me. Yeah. I need His help. You know, and then He guides us. He guides us through our lives, right. and I think that. As a man, go do you, yeah. but let him be your guide yeah. and start your day off with him. You know, 
and end your day with him right. as well. You know, combine that with hard work, you're going to be successful right. at what you do. Yeah. So to anybody listening right now, what would you tell them as they are trying to find a way to be unconventional? So I got a job, I got a house, I got all these things and I'm still struggling though, or I'm still frustrated. Like, what would you tell them if somebody's sitting here thinking, I want to take this leap? But everybody's literally looking at me like I just said, I'm building a rocket ship in my backyard and I'm going to the moon, right? What would you tell those people that are, are on the fence right now? What would you tell them? What would you tell them? So <clears throat> this, I'm tying in the beard. Yeah. The, the, the end, the finale here. But, yeah. Um, I use like beard products from a company called Beard Brand. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, you can reach out to them. I'm mentioning Beard Brand in this yeah. podcast. Hey, yeah. Um, but they've got a, I think they're kind of their slogan is let it grow. Yeah. Just let it grow. And, and, you know, you can sign up for emails and they email you and a lot of stuff and whatever, but you know, the, there was one that I read that just said, it doesn't matter what your beard is. Just let it grow. Let it be what it is. Don't worry about the other guy in front of you or whatever on TV that has this magnificent beard or whatever it is. Yeah. Just let it grow and own it, own yeah. what it is. And, and so that I, I say, I take that same idea and apply it to you as a person. If you're struggling, whatever it is, just let it grow. Let yourself grow. Yeah. Be you and be confident with whatever you are good at and just keep keep going. Let that grow. Let yeah. it grow into, you know, let it blossom. Yeah. Let yourself blossom. Quit letting that conventional mindset of I can't because I have to do it this way. Yeah, I don't look like that guy. I'm yeah. not going to be that good. Right. I'm not perfect like him. I don't have this like him. Stop it. Yeah. Just let it grow. Yeah. Let yourself grow into what you can become. God knows what you can become. You, you've you got potential to be great. Yeah. Just let it grow. Yeah. Stop trying to compare yourself to all these other, you know, dudes out there. Yeah. And just be you. Yeah. I think mean, there's a saying that it's a story. I'm going to butcher it. I don't know who it's from, but it's not me. He says that uh, there's a guy chiseling away at a rock, sculpting, just beating the crap out of it and beating and beating and beating. And he smacks it and it finally breaks. But he knows that it wasn't the thousandth hammer smack that did it. It was all of the ones before that. And if he would have stopped at slam number 999, he would never, he would just quit and walk away. One guy would have walked up and teak. Yep. And he's got it, right? <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Like, so, so stick around and do it. And who, and the thing is, is that you might have to take 5,000 swings at it. It might be, but if you knew after swing 5,000 that you're going to open up a business for 14,000 people a year to show up, you're dang straight you're going to swing 5,000. And you're going to be excited about getting those first 4,999 yeah, swings out of the way, right? I know yeah. what's coming behind it. So. And I think that that's what men need to understand. That's what we need to understand. I need to remind myself of it all the time is that my crystal ball is as clear as anybody else's. And social media and the world will paint this image of what a successful man is. But guaranteed, I couldn't do what you did and get the same result. No way. There's no way it would have happened. No, it will happen. I can't walk out right now, go find an island and go build this thing, right? And have the same success and the same things you've got. You probably couldn't do it again twice the way that it happened, but you took advantage of the opportunities that were in front of you and you made it happen. So it's not about your playbook. And this podcast is not about go open up Christmas uh, and entertain thing to be successful in your life. This is about what are men doing to show up 
for their life, for who they are, for their family, for the commitments that they've made. And that's a pattern that you've just explained that you have done. You've showed up. The urgent and important thing is that you're building something every single day and taking one step for the forward and you're living your life. You said it, and I think it's a commendable thing. You said, I'm excited to wake up. And I know for myself, there's been times and there still is times when I'm not excited to wake up. It's like, gosh, dang it. I don't want to be up right now. I don't want to go do this thing right now. I don't want to. And everybody goes through that. We all go through it. It all happens. But then there's those days where it's like, I can't wait to wake up in the morning. But it's because it's something that you love. I'll wake up 3 o'clock in the morning and go hunt out. I'll do it. I won't even bat an eyelash at it. Like, let's freaking go. Yeah. You get me up at 3 o'clock to go to the gym? No, uh-uh. I'm not doing that. But there's some guys at 3 o'clock in the gym, they're just like, dude, I can't wait to wake up. I can't wait to go freaking pump my arms. And it's about finding who you are. And it seems like, is that where you feel like you're at right now? Do you feel like, man, yeah, I'm definitely. getting it? Definitely. You know, I, <clears throat> we've talked about the Christmas River or the Haunted River, the Christmas River and trucking. I, I love them. I love all of them. They're, they're so different. Each of them is so different. Christmas, we haven't even really talked about Christmas, but the spirit that comes with the attraction mm-hmm. during that time of the year and the smiles and the, the joy that's on people's faces is, yeah. is priceless. And, yeah. and do I ever look forward to waking up the next day to go put that show on yeah. for people? to see them show up and enjoy that. I mean, it's, and it's the same thing with Halloween and trucking, which is weird. I geek out on all three of them. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just, I look forward to waking up every day because I either get to drive a, a badass truck <laughs> with my boy, or I get to create entertainment and bring, you know, make people pee their pants, scream, <laughs> laugh, or bring the spirit of Christ. And go make life. them cry. <laughs> Dude, all of it, cover all the bases. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Well, is there anything else you think that the men out in the world today need to hear? I wish I had words of wisdom, but but I just just go get it, go get it. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go after it and uh, and be you. Just yeah. be you. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. I, I've done it, and I'm nothing special. I mean, just just don't be afraid. Yeah. And when you are scared, just just choose to move forward. Choose to keep hitting that rock. Yep. Choose to let your beard grow. <laughs> just let it Quit grow. Quit cutting it off and you'll have a beard, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, let it grow, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People say to me a lot, I'm like, man, I wish I could grow that. I'm like, just let it grow. You can, bro. Right? You just let it, you've got it. Really it really wired that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got hairs coming out. I didn't know it was like this until I let it grow. Yeah. Once you let it grow, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's an important so, thing, right? It's because I think sometimes we have this these ideas of, what it's going to look like, right? Like everybody that gets married thinks their life's going to be the same sexually charged as it was before. And it's just not, <laughs> it's not about that. Right. But when you're in it, you're like, wow, marriage is so much more and so much more amazing. My wife's not just this smoking hot skin and flesh. She's actually this beautiful, amazing woman inside and out. And that's what builds your life. And I think too many people, I know I've been in this mindset of like, well, that's not what I daydream my life to look like. And we have this control over it. Like, it needs to look like this. And for me and my little mustache that's your beard inspired, it I I didn't think I could grow because in my brain I'm thinking I'll look like a dweeb with a mustache, right? And I cut it off and showed my wife, and she was like, dude, that looks freaking rad. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it worked. But that morning, literally seconds before, I would have never ever cut a mustache. I would have never done it. And I just did it to to tease my wife. I cut all the hair around and just left the mustache and just showed her. And she's like, yes. So that was an opportunity, even though I was joking, but like 
I know it's stupid to go from mustaches to businesses, but it's, but it's, it's the yeah, same thing. Yeah. You have it. You're already there. It's time to just take that step and move forward. Just let it grow. Yeah. Let, and it, let yourself grow. That's exactly. And it's just having that mindset to do that. And, and I say this at the end of every podcast, if you have any questions or you want to know how to take that first step, just message me and I'm here to help do that. I've got a whole coaching side of this that, that helps, but most of all, I just want men to understand that you're born a badass. Like you are born with this power inside of you, this natural instincts that, that you shouldn't suppress. You should be angry. You should be tenacious. You should be versatile. You should be sexy. You should be a hothead and you should also be humble and kind. And so don't push those natural instincts away. Use them. Right. Take that, that drive. And when people say, Oh, your head's in the clouds, like dang straight. It's in the clouds. Guess who else was in the clouds. Freaking Walt Disney, his head, that's the dude has cartoons in his brain all day long. And look what he built, right? Keep your head in the clouds. Keep it there. Keep your feet planted firmly on the ground and just move and and take one step after the next. And I've really enjoyed this interview, even though we've had some technical whatevers. I love it. It's been good. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. And uh, yeah, if anybody else wants to know more about the Christmas River, where do they find that out? Just the the christmas river.com um the haunted river.com uh, or facebook we do have facebook and instagram you can find us if you just google the christmas river or google the haunted river mm-hmm. for the first like 10 pages that pop up sweet so yeah, yeah we're easy to find yeah and it's a super slick operation you just show up you got parking in the in the winter time they you come grab everybody and take them to the to the show on a trailer, right? For Halloween, yeah, for Halloween, we do a hayride. Um, and we'll have to switch it up. I coordinate with my brother and, and the farming, you know, so depending yeah. on what crops are being grown, parking is going to switch. But yeah. for Christmas, for Halloween, it, it may switch. Um, and then we do a hayride in. But for Christmas, you just park right in front of the main entrance. You drive right into our driveway, park right in front of the main entrance, go in and enjoy it. Come see us. I mean, it's, it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. It really is. You know, it's so it's, cool. The spirit you have on both sides, like the Halloween spirit and then the Christmas spirit. It's, yeah. And you're not, the cool thing is it's not gory and gruesome and disgusting. No. You're not, you're not mongering this nasty, like walking dead stuff. You're literally suspense, excitement, Halloween spirit. And it's fun for the family and it's, it's fun for date night. And, and it's just, it's a super good time. So I endorse it too. Like anybody that wants to go and you're in the Idaho, Southeast Idaho area, if you're up on vacation or whatever you're doing, swing in, this place is awesome. So, um, yeah, again, man, it's been great talking to you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Love it. I've enjoyed it. So sweet. All right. Signing off. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping in. Um, keep your eyes peeled for more podcasts to come. I am a full-time unconventional man. That means father, friend, husband, and for me, general contractor. So things are pretty busy, but you should expect one every two to three weeks, whether it's just me talking about uh, thought for 20 minutes or going in depth with, with other unconventional men. So again, if you want to talk about anything, message me at kent.heater k-e-n-t dot h-e-d-e-r on instagram if you'd like to hear more of anything let me know if you just like to be guest on the show um 
or if you're just looking to change your mindset into being more of an unconventional thinker. Until you guys pop in again, keep your head up, chest out, and eyes on the skyline. Over now.